Welcome to the ValleyHoopsInsider.com podcast. Uh, ValleyHoopsInsider.com, we like to take a lighthearted but thorough look at the Missouri Valley and Ohio Valley conferences. I'm Harry Schrader, your host, editor of the site. Glad you're with us today. Uh, I want to tell you about some of our sponsors here locally in St. Louis. Rhymes Heating and Cooling, 638-8181. They are an integrity-filled, honest company that will take care of all of your heating and cooling needs. My parents' house, my sister's house, my house. You will love those people. Give them a call, 314-638-8181. Tell them you heard about it right here on valleyhoopsinsider.com. Up in the Bradley and Illinois State area, there's a great golf course, the Rail Golf Course there in Springfield, Illinois, former home of an LPGA stop. I've been playing golf there forever. Listen, call them, tell them you heard about them at valleyhoopsinsider.com. They have a buy one, get one free special just for our readers, our listeners. That's the Rail Golf Course in Springfield, Illinois. And then finally, an outstanding outreach to West African orphans called the Wenpoide Project. You can get all the information from our website, valleyhoopsinsider.com. They reach out to both terminally ill and special needs children, orphans, in West Africa. And uh, I've been there. It's a spectacular place and a spectacular outreach and ministry to the orphans of West Africa. Well, our guest today on the Valley Hoops Insider podcast is our old friend, Mike Kennedy. He's the Wichita State broadcaster, and we want to reminisce a little bit about March moments related to the Shockers. And Mike, then 2014, you turn out and go 35-0, and 34-0 through the Missouri Valley Tournament, win an NCAA tournament game, and then you've got Kentucky right here in St. Louis, which remains one of the most epic basketball games in a lot of people's minds, but obviously I'm here in St. Louis and a Valley guy. And I remember that game very well. And Clee Anthony early shot late, hoping to make that shot. But the shots he made over and over in that game against Kentucky in 2014, uh, just, you know, if sports can be heroic, he was. I have in my long career, I've never seen a better college basketball game in person. And it was both teams just taking turns, making plays and making big shots and, and doing tremendous things. It was, you know, it was just a tremendous game to watch. And, uh, it goes right down to a final shot. And, you know, I, I just, uh, as disappointing as it was, you just feel blessed to have been part of something like that, to have actually witnessed and had a chance to describe it. And it'll, it will be memorable for all of us who had any connection with it you know I, I thought of this the other day uh i thought i would throw out there too i don't know if you remember but the, the day the first day of that first and second round there in st louis there were two games in a first session ku played in one of them and then they they did the thing where you clear the arena and then you have a second session crowd coming in and Wichita State was playing the first game of those final two against Cal Poly. And somehow all of that process got screwed up. And people were standing outside trying to get in. And the game tipped off with nobody. I do remember. In the yeah, now that you and say that. When they, when they were just last week, when they were discussing playing conference tournaments and possibly playing the NCAA tournament without fans in the stands, I thought, you know, we have experienced that. We know how <laughs> what an eerie feeling that could be. 
I had forgotten that, but you're exactly right. I remember how empty the place was. You know, being being the high level media member I was, my seat was in bird heaven. <laughs> you know, way three thousand feet above the floor, so I could see all those empty seats. Uh, was fourteen or was it fifteen? The year that Takel Cotton was the MVP of the Arch Madness tournament. Do you remember? It would have been. It would have been fourteen. I thought it was. Um, I, it, yeah. Some. I was on somebody else's podcast the other day, and they said, "Give me an Arch Madness moment, memory, blah blah blah, uh, that isn't just a play in the game." And I said, "You know, I was standing next to Kale Cotton when all on the floor. They've won the tournament, and now they're announce- announcing the all tournament team. And I've got my video camera, and I'm just looking at shockers, and I'm like three feet from Kale Cotton, and they announce he's the MVP, and I catch all of that on my little video camera." And uh, it was just such a spectacular moment for the guy who wasn't the star of the team. I mean, he was the the guy that, as you mentioned, would lock down the other guy, could score himself, of course, but was such a gigantic part of all of those teams that we're talking about, and largely from that selfless, I'm going to go tear somebody else up kind of you know, part of his game. That was one of those moments for me. Well, and I think for for everyone, everyone connected with the program, including his teammates, who who recognized uh, how willing he was to do the dirty work to help the team win, and uh, and to see him get a moment like that was very gratifying for everyone. I, I think that was special for anyone connected with Utah State. And of course, uh, the reason I remember it was that year was because be the MVP, your team has to win, and that was finally the first time Utah <laughs> State had ever won the tournament. <laughs> well, that's what was so weird. The Shockers kept going deep into the tournament, but they wouldn't win the the, the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. And Greg was a little salty about some of those things. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was weird. It was just strange how that all transpired. And, uh, uh, you know, there's no real explanation. There were plenty of times they they played well enough or were close to it to, to win and just never could get it done. Uh, before we let you go, then the following year, the team gets back to the Sweet 16 again. And one of my favorites, I have a picture I put on my website periodically where they're holding up the T-shirt saying, Kings of Kansas, when the Shockers take down the mighty Jayhawks. Talk about that run in 2015. Well, it was um, yeah, it was interesting because they, they played two Blue Bloods there in Omaha. You had Indiana first, and that wasn't a great Indiana team, but a pretty darn good one. And, and something that was kind of interesting about the matchup was that uh, Yogi Ferrell was the fine point guard for Indiana, and he and Fred Van Vliet had kind of clashed a few times in, in like AAU ball, summer ball, and it had been the way Fred played against Yogi Ferrell, who everybody knew was a, a budding star, uh, that really sold Greg Marshall on him, and Wichita State's coaches on him, and, and Fred played exceptionally well, as he always did, and then they get to play KU, which I think people know uh, just won't play Wichita State. They don't think it's in their best interest to play Wichita State. It was the first time they played in 20-plus years. And so um, that that was a great opportunity. And, and for Shocker fans, I think especially gratifying, it was the kind of game where Wichita State really put the game away with a couple of minutes to go. And, and you had KU fans walking out of the arena before the game was over. And, and for Shocker fans, that's a, that's a pretty priceless moment. That was spectacular. As I mentioned, the T-shirts, Kings of Kansas, and which to me was just the perfect way to celebrate that whole thing. Uh, in that game, in the game against Kansas, Wessel gets 12 points. He might, I think there might have been three games, and I think he had 12 in one, maybe nine in another, and zero in another. Evan Wessel might be the epitome of a Wichita State player 
who just kind of does his job and does it at a high level, and it might not mean scoring, or it might mean scoring. He, to me, was such a unique player. Greg Marshall always said, you line everybody up on the end line and roll a ball out there, and he's the one that's going to get it. Whether he's the first one to it or not, he's going to come out of the pile with the ball. That was just how he went about things. And what was so cool and special about that was he and Perry Ellis from Kansas were high school teammates and good friends, very good friends. They played together on several state champions, and they matched him up with Perry, and he hit those four trays or whatever and just right. played so well. And, and uh, so that was obviously the, the highlight of his college career and, and more of a spotlight, as you mentioned, than normally he got because he wasn't typically a big scorer. He was going to draw charges, knock people down, dive on balls. I mean, <laughs> he was just so fun to watch. And, and, and like I said, the, the Wichita State player, meaning – the the whole play angry uh, motif that Greg's you know proposed and and the and the team bought into all those years, they were not going to be bullied by anybody else, were they? No, and and all accepted that uh, you know this is how we get it done. We we all were uh, were tougher. Were you know all of that? There was a play, the the defining play in that game. There was a loose ball at midcourt. Zach Brown, who was a freshman at the time. And Kelly Oubre, who was one of KU's one and dones, uh, started after it. Oubre actually had a head start, and Zach beat him to the ball, ripped it away from him, took it down, and dunked it. And it was just a play that, that just said, "I want this more than you do," and it just it ignited the whole team. And that's that's just how Wichita State has been under Greg Marshall when they've had their good teams. Hall of Famer Mike Kennedy is with us. He's the broadcaster from Wichita State. We'll let you go in just a minute. Mike, during this uh, pause in everything, meaning college basketball pause, and, and so is everything else during the coronavirus things, uh, what are you guys doing in Wichita, A, to cope, and B, to co- maybe satisfy some of the sports hunger in people in the area? Well, <laughs> it's kind of it's obviously kind of weird. I do baseball typically in the spring, so I have no games to do. Um doing stuff around the house and, and trying to be as <laughs> careful and safe as possible and not going out very much other than the grocery store or whatever. Um, but I, um, there's, there's been a lot of discussion on Twitter. Uh, just, I usually don't get too much into that, but I've been more involved than usual. There've been Wichita States had some kids transfer. And so there's been a lot of discussion about that. And, uh, and, you know, I, you just kind of pay attention to what's going on other places. And then, uh, you know, I always like to kind of research things, go back, do some historical stuff and wrap things up for the season. So I've, I've spent a little time doing that. So I kind of keep in touch with sports a little bit, but it is just so strange that there's nothing going on, no games to watch. It is a bizarre season that we are in, a season of time for our country and I guess the entire world. Uh, Mike, so you talked about that. Give me one little heads up. So the Shockers have had a couple people transfer and talk about, uh, but, but give us a little bit of insight into the, uh, the conference that you guys are in now. It's an, it's an outstanding college basketball league, probably in other sports too, but I don't really pay attention to those other ones, frankly. Uh, but, but it's a really good basketball league, isn't it? It is. And the thing that we noticed right away was, uh, you know, in the Valley, You'd go through the schedule. Uh, pretty much everybody would have at least that one guy. Uh, you know, Evansville. You had uh, Colt Ryan, or or you know, those kind of players. That even if you 
Wichita State was always really good defensively. Even if you really defended them, could still score on a given night. And then we get to this conference, and it's like everybody's got two or three of them. Uh, last year, Tulane didn't win a conference game all year and had two or three guys that were really good players that were hard to stop. So that's been the, the biggest thing is, I think, more the, the depth of talent, more uh, more athletic big man. You see more shots get blocked that would be baskets in the, in the Valley. And so in you know, trying to raise the level of recruiting, uh, Wichita State this year had more guys with those three and four stars after their names than they ever have. But with those guys and their backgrounds and their expectations, uh, we had a year where you had some guys that were a little different than what's been the typical Wichita State guy in terms of being a little more self-absorbed and uh, and it just Wichita State was 23 and 8. They were right there on the the borderline to be an NCAA tournament team if we had gone on, but it was a different kind of year and some of those guys weren't happy with their, you know, a couple were freshmen that came in with high expectations and didn't play as much as they thought they should and just immediately bailed, you know, but went to the transfer portal and I think that's just a it's a little bit of the culture now. Uh it's it's easier to transfer and play right away than it's ever been, so I think that contributes to it and not bad kids, that's just the culture they've grown up in and so we've we've been through some of that this year and the staff's out there there's a good nucleus returning but the staff's out there recruiting hard and heavy to fill those spots and uh before we let you go how much if at all do guys like van vliet and baker and some of those guys end up back in wichita they do uh you know the the tbt came here last summer and uh, there was a Wichita State team called the Aftershocks, and it was you know, a bunch of former players that played for Greg Marshall here. And then uh, guys like, like Baker and Van Vliet will at least pop in. Uh, Fred's gotten really involved with his community in Joliet and doing you know, a lot of things for the community there since he's been successful. Uh, but he has popped back occasionally, and, and some of those other guys will roll in just to say hello. Some will come back. Uh, some of those guys have come back and spent some time working out here. Ron Baker, for instance, has spent a lot of time here in his off-seasons working out here and, and rehabilitating from some injuries that he's had and so forth. So those guys uh, still do come back periodically. And uh, now that it happens the conference we're in we see some guys a little more often where we go like we go to houston and pj kuznard and caitlin bradley both live there and both always come to the games and shoot arounds and things like that the uh and then landry shamitz had a, a really nice a, a little you know bit there in the nba as well uh mike so final thought so with the team the whole program moving into the american uh, do the rumors about Greg maybe looking at other jobs, do they completely die down? Because it seems like that is like old news now. He is really maybe just a lifer. You don't see it as often. It still will kind of pop up. And uh, I, I think that, that being in this league, where certainly if you are a good team and, and play a solid schedule, your chances are better at being an at-large is part of it. But I think also... Uh, his family really loves it in Wichita. That's always been a factor in those considerations. Uh, certainly he's making enough money here that uh, compared to what that would buy on either coast, for instance, is is a factor. And he's never, you know, I don't think anybody ever says, well, I'm absolutely not ever leaving. But uh, 
I can't remember it was last year or even the year before. We were just kind of talking, and something he said, I said, I kind of get the impression that that it's uh, a lot more of how long you're going to keep doing this as opposed to where else you might do it. And he said, yeah, I think that's true. So um, I, I think he's, I mean, it's been a long haul now with all the rumors. He's been here for 13 years, and uh, uh, I, I don't see that necessarily changing. It would take something really, really unbelievably special for him. People that don't know Greg Marshall, and I don't pretend to know him. I mean, I've talked to him a number of times. Uh, but when they see him on TV and they see the way his teams play, you would get the feeling that he is really tough-minded and, and perhaps edgy, and, and he can have a, a you know maybe an outburst here or there. But he's really a good man, isn't he? He is. And, you know, last year was, was interesting uh, because of losing – several seniors that was expected and then Landry Shamit going to the NBA and an unexpected transfer by Austin Reeves. He ended up with the youngest team he's ever had. I mean, really young and playing a lot of freshmen and there were a lot of growing pains. At one point last year, they were eight and 11 and I think one and six in the conference. And there were times he wanted to just go off, but he knew that it wouldn't be productive. It wouldn't do any good. And so he, he demonstrated some patience and some calm that I, I think were kind of a first for him at times. And he kind of liked it. And I think that, uh, that that's been part of, you know, everybody continues to grow in their careers. And I think that's been part of it for him. And, uh, but he still, I mean, he'll, he'll really get on them. He, the expectations are high and his assistant coaches, when they're recruiting, tell young men, look, he's not the easiest guy to play for. He's going to get on you. He's going to push you. He's going to be demanding, but it will make you better both as a player and a person. If you can handle it, you just can't be thin skinned and get your feelings hurt easily. And he also, uh, spends a lot of time and the players are at his house a lot. Uh, there's a lot of social interaction outside of basketball where he has a chance to show them that he really does care about him. And there's a long line of former players who absolutely swear by him and, and the values that he taught them while he played for him. Mike Kennedy, this has been so fun for me just to reminisce a little bit about those teams and to hear your voice. You are absolutely one of my favorites and and the folks here in the valley we miss you i mean we miss the shockers kind of not really because they beat everybody and you know <laughs> beat them up but but people around here miss you friend we we really enjoy you well i appreciate and i and i would be remiss if i didn't take this opportunity i've said this to you and to other individuals that i've had a chance to say it to but the thing that that all of us miss first of all the fans in wichita miss st louis miss the tournament that was a special that became a special thing for a lot of people in wichita and they all had their favorite restaurants and venues and uh we miss that but but beyond that I really miss a lot of the people who uh, I got to know over a long period of time, became friends and valued colleagues. And, uh, and you know how it is, even, even in your personal life, you change neighborhoods or change jobs. You don't see somebody as much and you think, you know, I should call them, but, but you get busy and things come up. And so, uh, I regret that I don't have more time to spend with, with people that I really care about, but there are a lot of good people in the Valley and associated with the Valley that I, I certainly miss and will always value those times I spent with all of you. Well, Mike, stay safe during uh, the beer disease and, uh, you know, try to stay out of the way of all that nasty stuff. And, yeah, we, we miss the Shockers. We miss the Shocker fans in St. Louis, too. The league misses them for sure. 
And uh, the other thing that needs to happen is Wichita State's got to schedule some Missouri Valley teams into there. Don't you think that makes sense? Well, I think that that's, you know, certainly on the table and something that uh, some of it's, I think, been discussed to some degree. So, yeah, I'd like to see that happen. Some of it certainly makes sense geographically and everything else. So hopefully that will transpire as we move forward. Mike, thanks for your time. Wish you all the best. Seriously, praying that you guys stay healthy there in Wichita while we're trying to survive all of this across the nation. But thanks so much for spending time with us today. My pleasure, absolutely. That's Mike Kennedy, the play-by-play voice of the Wichita State Shockers, our good friend, and uh, reminiscing about some of the March moments related to the Shockers of the 20 teens, mostly, that we just talked about. Don't forget, since you've been there, make it a better place. You've been listening to the Valley Hoops Insider Podcast, part of valleyhoopsinsider.com.